0: to the Spurs News Podcast. Your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now,
1: here are your hosts.
0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. Ange Ball has arrived. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm keeping that. I like that. uh Joining me today, it's my partner in crime. It's super sub Stefan. G'day. <laughs> G'day, mate. You all right? G'day, mate.
1: Fresh shrimp on the bo- Yeah, I'm good, mate. Gee,
0: I, G- I wonder how many Tottenham <laughs> podcasts have done that.
1: Oh, no, that's what I thought. Yeah. As I did it, I went, "Oh, uh, no, yeah. don't be one
0: of them." Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be like everybody else. But now we are. Uh, yeah, the title of this episode is Bull Has Arrived. It's episode 205 of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. Apologies in advance. I have caught a stinking cold from my teenager. It's pretty much the only gift given from kids. It's germs. Yep. But um, I do think with this voice I have at the moment, I could make some money on some specialist phone lines.
1: Don't, don't, don't do no? it. No? No, no,
0: oh, Okay. Whatever happened to your OnlyFans' sexy Avengers idea, that, that never took off?
1: I never took off with that, no.
0: No, weird, that. Yeah. I, I didn't have
1: enough costumes. Or props. I didn't have enough props.
0: When it comes to an OnlyFans and you say the word props, that, that elicits certain images. We're, we're going to move on. We're, yeah. we're going to move on. Uh, so yeah, uh, welcome back. Uh, it's the second time you're hearing me this week. Uh, our podcast special for the month of August with uh, Anthula from the Tottenham Hotspur Trust has aired um it was an interview and a discussion around the planned price uh ticket price protest wow that was fun to say ticket price protest <laughs> don't try and say that three times fast with a cold i can tell you um and yes yeah, so, so that's been out there so yeah if, if you like hearing my voice this has been a good week for you if, if you find it grating i apologize um
1: <laughs> but think of what it feels like for us exactly yeah right? <laughs>
0: I mean you've got to listen to me loads. That's that's so unfair for you, really. Um I know. So, uh yeah just just to be clear as well, Matt's still on holiday. Uh him and his family are away. Uh obviously school holidays he is he is away and will be back. Um super sub Stefan Stefan, I believe you're away next week.
1: Uh well, possibly. It's not confirmed yet.
0: Oh 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 right. Okay. I I've got oh, to work right.
1: it through I gotta work through work and everything else, so we'll see.
0: Right, okay, I might we, be around. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, well, we'll find out. We'll find out at some point. But I'll be here. Uh, Either be me talking to myself, slowly going crazy, or I'll try and grab a special guest on. My daughter wanted to come on actually, mostly because she just wanted to bemoan Harry Kane and slay him. Who? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Dead to I can't her as that. well.
1: I can't
0: do that. No. 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 I can. Yeah. Dead <laughs> to me. The minute he had that picture taken with that German journalist, all smiles and happy, I just want to clock ah. him.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, you've you've opened the can now. Yeah. He has not done himself any favours, has he?
0: Well, he obviously doesn't care, and I think that's the thing that is annoying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I um, he's he's. You were telling me about the. Wow, that was really good English. I I you you they they uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you sent me a quote that he'd done about moving to Bayern Munich to win the Ballon d'Or.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's which, at a big club now.
1: To which me and you then had a lot of fun going backwards and forwards on WhatsApp yeah. as I went through the history of the Ballon d'Or. It was kind of
0: funny because
1: <laughs> I was it, like, yeah, it is amazing up.
0: how quickly sometimes you can forget certain things. So yeah. when, when I saw that quote, I was like, I honestly cannot remember a Bayern Munich player winning the Ballon d'Or. And I was thinking to myself, Lewandowski scored for fun there. I mean, like, he scored more goals for Bayern than Kane did for Tottenham in a season. Mm-hmm. He was like 50 goals, 50 goals. And I don't think I ever see saw him even get close to the top three. Um, I, I
1: think he would have won it, but they cancelled it for COVID. Everyone was saying that he was like robbed of it. Well, it,
0: that was the year he would have, if he
1: was going to win it. It would have been that year.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, yeah, without, without a doubt, that's that's always what we, that's always what people say, though. And it? it's like, oh yeah. You Know, oh, yeah, if it wasn't for Covid, I'd have uh, I'd have, I'd have swam the Atlantic, but you know, I had a cough and that, didn't I? I mean, um, I'm,
1: I'm convinced that year it would have been between uh, Lewandowski yeah. and possibly Ben Davis, I think they were the two going for the Ballon d'Or that year, and ben, ben
0: Davis, yeah, uh, Covid
1: yeah. cancelled the ceremony, so we'll never yeah. know.
0: So, we will no. never see gentle Ben holding the Ballon d'Or, no,
1: robbed,
0: oh, uh, robbed, absolutely. Um yeah, so we had some fun with that, where it was basically like, I can't remember, and you were like, yeah, it must have been. Uh, so you looked, and I think we found the last player from Germany, not Bayern Munich, but from Germany, was a Dortmund player, Matthias Sammer, in
1: 1996. Uh, that was the one, yeah, I'm just learning now, yeah, I think that was the one.
0: For, for context, uh, Stefan, how old were you in 1996? Oh, I would have been six. And you turned how old this week? Uh, thirty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm at forty. Uh, I mean, uh, Matthias Sammer was a fantastic player, by the way. Innovator <laughs> of the sweeper sweeper position. A yeah. great German football player, but yeah, that was nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Now, Bayern Munich have had someone win the Ballon d'Or.
1: They they won a couple, but the most recent
0: one. The most recent one. I believe was... had the word West Germany next to Bayern Munich. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. It was his he was um his nationality was West German. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that kinda of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, dun, I was dun...
1: minus nine. <sighs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so just so just to be clear Big he, club, Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Big club. Massive, massively. The everything has
1: won more Ballon d'Ors than the German Bundesliga.
0: Yeah. Full Just stop. Throw that out there. Yeah. Um. So the other thing that is kind of irksome is the, um. I've come here to compete for for titles. Now I think the word compete is amusing there, um. Because Bayern Munich, I believe, and please, please, people, correct me if I'm wrong, have won the German Bundesliga, something like twenty of the last twenty two seasons.
1: It's something disgusting like that.
0: Um, so compete is is amusing. Um the other the other part of it that is kind of funny to me is he competed to win the title with Tottenham twice. Um, I know we finished third in the two horse race. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also finished second to Chelsea that season when they just had that weird conte ball run of not ever losing, which was ridiculous. I still can't believe our luck, really.
1: Okay, a bit of fun. So, yeah, Bundesliga. Yeah. They have. Bundesliga has been won by Bayern Munich from 2013
0: yep. to 2023. So that's 10 straight seasons. Yep.
1: And then Dortmund won two. Yeah. Bayern Munich won the one before that. And then Wolfsburg randomly won one. But it was Bayern Munich before that. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so 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 for the last the last ten years, Bayern six, Munich have won the league.
1: Six in the last twenty four years have not been Bayern Munich.
0: Well, there you go. All right, so strong so competition. It, awesome, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know some leagues are dominated by certain clubs, and that's whatever it is. But to, to then go on about competing for you know he says, oh, you know, I want to compete for the chat again at Tottenham. He was in a Champions League final. I'm now I'm now very much in the camp. He shouldn't have started. <laughs> I love um, Harry,
1: but I was always in the camp of he shouldn't
0: have started because he wasn't no, a fit. No. Um, look, let's let's just bury that. I mean, it just sounds like sour grapes. But to be honest with you, it's a little bit hurtful when a player who's been at the club that long is now talking so much shit and talking down to us. Yeah, I get, he, I get, he might have a bit of an issue with Daniel Levy or whatever, but that, that's not us. That's not the fans. That's not the fans who have adored him. So. No. It's a bit crap. Um, someone did say to me as well, um, the club did that mural or commissioned it, and to get into the stadium, a lot of people have literally got to walk past that. So, yeah, basically that mural now seems like a massively stupid idea.
1: It's almost like a little bit of a middle finger to the fans as they walk in, isn't it? Now? It's like, oh.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, here's our great... I mean, he is still, obviously, our greatest ever goal scorer, and it is a fitting mural... Tribute, but yeah, right now it feels kind of shitty.
1: Maybe we should have waited for him to retire,
0: yeah, yeah, or you know, been run over anyway. <laughs> um, so, uh, we, we have had a game, yeah. Uh, we played Brentford away to open our Premier League season, we drew the game 2 2. Um, I watched the game, and it's very different under Ange, Oof. isn't it? Just very different attacked mate, we practically camped in their half I don't, I don't know what to do, I mean it's it's weird there's certain, you can see certain Tottenham players just suddenly looking at each other like, we're allowed to pass in that direction now, weird we've got fullbacks um, breaking over the halfway line going, I'm
1: scared
0: yeah yeah. so I've got, um, I've got a couple of things which I think you'll find amusing so, okay. um, someone uh, on Twitter so I'm gonna I'm gonna caveat this, okay? This is obviously unverified. This is someone tweeting, but someone was tweeting a Brentford fan, right? Oh yeah, a Brentford fan. Uh, a Brentford fan um, sat behind where the managers are, so he's got a cracking view of all the players, and he can hear the managers. Yeah. Right? So this initial tweet, I think I'm gonna have fun today. Ange Postecoglou is very vocal. Okay, that's the first tweet yeah the next tweet I don't think I've ever heard a manager referred to his defenders as fucking idiots pass it forward before in the opening 10 minutes <laughs> right yeah alright the next one <laughs> Tottenham Tottenham are a goal up feel they deserve it so far Ange Postacoglu after they scored screamed we don't stop get back and face up we go again Kind of like that. Who is this guy? Oh. <laughs> right. Next one. Uh, so Brentford have now gone 2-1 out, right? Yes. The guy says, um, Tottenham still can't defend. And then brackets, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, I just lost my track. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Tottenham still can't defend. Brackets, thank God. Ange now quiet. Very odd. I'd have thought he'd be going mental. The guy's just staring at them and they seem scared. The guy does have a look. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: just imagining him just stood there looking yeah, at the face. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, a little while. My next Ange highlight that I can hear. We don't stop. Keep going. You do not play for half time. You play to the whistle. <laughs> yeah. The next one. I generally feel like it's not professional footballers he's shouting at. It's like they're under 10s, and he's reminding them that they play to the whistle. It's kind (laughs) of funny. Right? Uh, Next one. If they were under 10s, he'd get parent complaints. His language is so bad, the fourth official's just warned him for probably the 10th time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And then the last one. Spurs fans should credit their manager for the equaliser. The guy literally was screaming at them to play it forward. You don't stop. Do not play for half time. You keep going. We don't stop. And they pressed forward and scored a goal. Kind of impressed with him in the first half. And then in the second half, there's just loads of like, my God, this guy's language is crazy and stuff, which is, yeah, very funny. <laughs> um, Look, so I, I yeah. don't want to go over the
1: top, happy clapper Spurs fan, okay? I don't want to go down yeah. that route. But, no, no, why would you? But. I am very excited for this style of football. Like, I am very excited watching this. I'm like, I'm watching this team play, and I'm like, this is what I want to be seeing. Like, we just went to Brentford, who, throughout the entire match, the commentary team were talking about how, you know, it's one of the most physical teams in the Premiership, one of the hardest places to go. They only lost two games last season at home. Yeah. You know, it's a real tough place. Imagine, you know, Tottenham have had to go there in the manager's first premiership game and you have to go to Britain. Like, yeah. It's one of those ones that, you know, the manager wouldn't have wanted to go here in his first game. It's going to be a real tough... And that's all the build-up was that. And then all through the game, you're hearing about how physical and tough this team is. Yeah, our players had them rolling around on the floor. We were like the yeah. first to every ball. We camped yeah. in their half... Yeah. How we didn't find... I mean, I know how we didn't find a winner because we've got a £60 million waste of space up front. But, apart from that, you know, we were pushing the whole game to get a winner. And it was yeah. like, this is the Tottenham I want to see playing. This yeah. is great. Compared to what we've had for the last, what, three seasons? Yeah. This is so
0: refreshing. Uh, I am is. loving yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's... it's um... It is very impressive. I'll, I'll tell you, um, Van der Ven came in after three training sessions and was brilliant. That surprised me. Um, I
1: genuinely did not expect him to start.
0: No, me neither.
1: Um, but it, at the, but at the same fun. time, he played so he
0: well. The, he did play so well, and and it kind of um, I think reinforces just how poor we are defensively. That he literally had three training sessions and was clearly. The, the standout,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Do you not agree. I uh, definitely, and I think him and, all uh, right. We only saw Romero for the first was it like seventeen odd minutes, if that. I think. Yeah.
0: Um, but even so, I think that partnership could be phenomenal. Well, that partnership has a lot to it because there's some in some brilliant stuff from Cutie Romero in the summer. Yeah. Um, talking about the way he likes to play, and all of us have got that kind of. He basically took over the Lamella game of booking bingo. You know there's going to be a yellow <laughs> card. Yep. So we play the game of when will it happen. Oh, God, yeah. Um, as a defender, he he, uh, he tends to get stuck in that little bit more than Lamella, and obviously defenders have that to But the problem is Tottenham have basically been playing a strategy of we're just going to defend, hopefully get the ball to Harry, who would do something really good. That's been... The magical answer from Jose Mourinho, the other bloke I won't mention, and Conte. Yeah. That has been their formula for success. And amazingly, Kane and Sonny did some great stuff during that time. But any time they had an off day, we had nothing. We had yeah. no pattern of play, no attack-minded anything. It was just, please let one of them do something good or we're screwed. So the amount of times we saw Romero launch into people, I've got to believe, and I genuinely believe, there is a lot of frustration. And also, if you are defending constantly, of course you're going to get caught more, because the ball's constantly coming back at you, <laughs> and you're just constantly having to chase and defend in last-ditch tackles, you know? Yeah. I always like the stats around like goalkeepers, and I was, oh, you know, the goalkeeper at this club has you know conceded you know 30 goals in 10 games the goalkeeper of this club's conceded five which one's the better goalkeeper and I always go well how many shots have they faced yeah, what's their
1: shot saving percentage yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know because if you look at just that stat you're going to go well obviously it's the one who's conceded less goals but yeah. then if you look at shots faced the guy who's conceded 30 has actually basically faced 20 shots a game and he's conceded three and the other guys maybe faced one at most, but yeah. basically they go in.
1: Because if you only look at those stats, then David De Gea was the best goalkeeper in the Premiership last season because he got the Golden <laughs> Glove and the most amount of clean sheets and everything else.
0: What what a frightening statistic that is!
1: Exactly, I mean the that's how we, they, And they released work. him on a free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Golden uh-huh. Glove winner was released on a
0: free. It's like oh,
1: okay, so it, yeah, the stats okay. can be very, very misleading.
0: Very and, misleading, and but yeah. when you're doing data driven recruitment, which is what we're supposed to be doing now yep we are looking beyond that and it's kind of interesting because the thing I like is like people look at assists yep and what we are looking at now is uh using a computer game parlance key passes so what we're looking at is rather than looking like oh this this midfielder here got 10 assists last season brilliant. This midfielder over here only got six, so the one who got ten is better. Well, the one who got ten assists was playing with Harry Kane, right? So he mm-hmm. passed the ball to him ten times, and Kane scored ten times. Yeah. The guy who got six was playing was playing with Michael Antonio, who's my go-to shithead nowadays. And he gave him the ball in a goal-scoring opportunity 500 times, and the bloke only scored six. Yep. So... The midfielder is creating the chances, finding the space, but a lot of clubs and a lot of people just go, oh, well, he's crap. He ain't getting look. His assist stats rubbish." Yeah. So yeah, it's it's worth. This is where we have gone on our recruitment now. Apparently, it's more data driven. Into it's like looking the whole at thing with fullbacks,
1: players... isn't it? Like fullbacks only get three assists compared to twenty assists. Well, actually, it depends on how many who's in the box at the time, where are they putting the crosses yeah. in from. We've yeah. now got a manager that wants the fullbacks to cut more inside, so yeah, they're exactly, going to be yeah. build up. They're going to be a lot more in the build up play, but they're probably yeah. actually going to have less assists themselves because they're not the person whipping the ball in from wide
0: now. Yeah. Although Emerson Royal come in and smashed in, a whole exactly. State.
1: So we're going to see very different yeah. stats coming out about our defenders, etc.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a very different season. But uh, overall, I mean, it was just really enjoyable. Um, the one the one player I saw of ours get a lot of flack was the goalkeeper, Vicario. Um, and i got to be honest with you, I kind of... I think people are very quick to kind of... Oh, I don't know what the right word is, but... You know, like TalkSport and all those kind of social media accounts, they basically get interactions by saying something deliberately obtuse. Yeah. Like, you know, like Kane left and they, and they rather than just tweeting, like, oh, Harry Kane's now left his boyhood club Tottenham or something like that, which is factual and not going to piss anybody off, they put back, you know, Kane leaves trophyless Tottenham behind. And then all the Tottenham fans are ready to rip on the new asshole for it, but they get a load of interactions. I find that a lot of people on social media love getting interactions. So when they put their opinion out there, they almost wanna go negative because they know it's gonna get that way. Does that make sense because there there's a big difference between oh no, what a cock up that was, you know oh, that was dodgy to oh no, I've no he, no, I've given up on him already. he's not the answer oh completely. This is like people people are like tweeting that by before half time yep, Now, during the game, the guy made some really strong snap saves, yep. And what people are forgetting is this manager has signed this goalkeeper to play as a sweeper. This isn't Lloris. This isn't the last three to four years of stay on your friggin' line. Do not come out. This is He is being encouraged to come out and play football.
1: And I will put my hands up. I was guilty of this. I messaged um, yeah. and then He came running out of his area and headed the ball. Yeah. And it yeah. went straight yeah. out for a throw-in. And I think yeah. I messaged you. I was like, "For f- sake, will you just stay in yeah. your box? You're a keeper.
0: Stop yeah, it!" No, that's and not. And then you sent me back. the way Ange plays. Yeah,
1: you sent me back. Look, look, yeah, you know, like you just said, you know, that's not how Ange wants him to play. Ange has signed no. him because we are going to yeah. have such a high line that yep, we need a cover. fast goalkeeper who is going to run out the box and knock a ball to safety, yeah. even if it is. Like I, I looked into it a bit more. And it's like even if it's just a case of. He runs out of the box and smashes it yeah. into Rosie.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And because it allows it the, the team to reset.
1: Yeah, And I'm like,
0: yeah.
1: that makes sense now. It he explains he's a bloody yeah. quick
0: keeper off his line. He is. He is rapid. Um, he's rapid. He is very good with his feet, which a lot of people are going to start to see. Yep. Um, but also, which is the thing that I think... Um, I think it's the big difference, is in Italy, he was very confident. Yeah. Because he grew up there, he'd been there his entire life, um surroundings, it was, yeah, he was confident. He doesn't have that yet, but why would he? Yeah. You know, he needs time. He needs time to get that level of confidence and also that will come with playing with a settled back line. He has had three training sessions with Van der Ven in front of him. Van der Ven's like six foot three, six foot four. This guy's a giant. And he's rapid. Which means he is going to be able to recover from a high line. Uh, anyone who's seen the video of him at Wolfsburg is phenomenal. The guy's recovery, tackling, and just getting back and being on the line in positioning is incredible. Yeah, his pace is is just mind blowing, and it's weird because I don't know why, but when someone's taller, six foot three, six foot four, even though you know Usain Bolt was that, I don't naturally assume they're Rapid. yeah. you know what for I mean? Me, I don't know why. It's the
1: little short guys. The little short guys yeah. are always going to be like r- Lionel Messi. Little short, yeah, close yeah. to ground, low centre of
0: gravity, rapid. Yeah, per- yeah, Perhaps it was the Aaron Lennon effect. Aaron Lennon was He was but, tiny,
1: wasn't he? And yeah. then like, you have Peter Crouch and people who are a lot slower. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, where yes, my
0: yes, let's be polite, yes. Watching Peter Crouch run was like watching a giraffe run at times. I loved his um, theory. If
1: I don't know what my arms and legs are doing, neither can the defender.
0: Exactly, yeah. Well, well said, Peter. Yeah. Had a good career. Good fair play to him. My favorite thing with Peter Crouch was always, "Oh, good, good feet for a big lad." I was used to find that just the funniest statement. He's playing football. Yeah, good feet for a big lad. Well, I should fucking hope so, because <laughs> yeah. otherwise, no he's point in really having a good wrong career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's going to come. Like they are going to work that out. You know, that keeper at the moment is coming bombing out because he's thinking he needs to. Once they've settled, they are gonna know like, okay, this is my, you know, the ball's gone into this area. This is me. The ball's in that area. I'm gonna trust Van der Ven yeah. because I know he's rapid. And, I know he'll be
1: there. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Van der Ven is quite possibly the fastest person in our squad.
0: Like no, he's ridiculous. Yeah, but... However, he he was the fastest player in the Bundesliga last year. Oh, there you go
1: then. However, Romero isn't exactly running
0: in custard. No. No, no, he isn't. And that's, that's he's deceptively quick. You've got um, um, Royale
1: yeah. or Porro, both of them, yeah, not exactly so. Yeah. And on the other nope. side, you've got uh Region, Udogi, even Session, when he comes back in, if he plays in that position. Yeah, All three um, of them are rapid.
0: As far as I'm aware, Regulon is not in the plans.
1: He's not going to be, yeah, it looks like he's going to be sold. Okay.
0: Yeah, Regulong has not adapted well to the system. <clears throat> it seems a shame. Yeah. He does seem to be an all-out
1: fullback, doesn't he? He didn't work out as a left wing back. No, not works as an inverted wing back. Um, a player no, I like no. a lot, but I hope he's found by a probably goes back to Spain. Found by a player that wants a fullback and he goes and enjoys his yeah. his career. But yeah, I mean, even so, like, even if it's Udogi and Session. As our left backs, for example, they're both rapid.
0: So we can get
1: away with this higher line with a rapid keeper and a rapid back four.
0: Well, at the moment, and again, please take this with a pinch of salt because obviously things change. Mm. But at the moment, the left back appears to be you doggies first choice. Apologies, everybody. And Ben Davis.
1: Mm hmm. So Ben David's obviously a bit the, probably the slower of the the options.
0: Absolutely,
1: yeah. But then saying yeah, that if we talk well, about the second choices, we've got Sanchez, who again yeah. he showed versus Brentford. Now, I am gonna I'm gonna fly the flag a little bit here for Sanchez. He yeah. got so much crap last season. Against Barcelona he was brilliant, and against Brentford, he came in and he yeah. did a real solid job. He did, yeah. Yeah, no, he did. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm back on this kind of... I went from let the lad go in the summer, let him go yeah. revive his career elsewhere, the the Spurs fans do not deserve him, the crap he gets oh, on dude. social media,
0: the uh, booing, then, and in the stadium, the booing
1: yeah. he got in the stadium, you know, let him go enjoy his career somewhere else. And all of a sudden now, I'm very much a case of, yeah, actually, do you know what? As the third choice centre-back,
0: yeah. This might. formation,
1: this tactic, might just suit yeah. him. We it's
0: strange, isn't it? he
1: um, for me he suffered lapse of concentration, and that was he, the he... issue. But this <clears throat> formation and tactic, I think, where they're pressing so high up, he's got to be so engaged constantly. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get a chance to have a lapse in concentration because he's having to stay focused.
0: The the thing I think here is unfortunately i think what happened last season is that the players kind of made his mind up he he's going to leave mm. he's got a year left on his deal the, the club are trying to actively sell him yeah um and people are very interested and people are becoming more interested based on his displays yeah um i do just want to circle this really quickly because this is something that's very very dear to my heart um as a lot of people who listen to this podcast for a long time will know uh, people who are new welcome and this is a, a bit of info for you i used to play rugby to quite a high level um concussions when i was playing rugby were dealt with by putting a bit of wet cold water on your head and being told to go back on yep um the science etc over the years you know like i lost when i was 18 years old i got knocked unconscious playing rugby for my school and the sports master did a check asked me where i was i didn't have a clue um, he sat me down for 10 minutes, asked me where I was. I still didn't know. And he put me back on because they needed the numbers. I lost a week of my life. I cannot remember from that concussion. Yep. Concussion is a very, very serious thing. And because of this, it is something I I find very... Uh, a couple of years ago or a few years ago now, I saw Hugh Gunnaris. I saw Jan Vertongan. Both of them should have been taken from the field and they weren't. And it made me so angry. Oh, like, cool. he... Yeah. Because as as someone who's who's played sport to a level, I get it. In the moment, you're not coming off because you don't see the problem. Yeah. To see our manager take no bullshit over that and just say no, you're
1: watching out. him on the sidelines say so get him off, get him off yeah. to the other players around you yeah.
0: was so was like brilliant. And you could see Romero just going no, no, I'm fine, and he's just like he's not having it. And Romero stormed out of tunnel, angry. Did his assessment, came back. And obviously, we're now finding out they wanted to do a concussion substitute, but filed the wrong form. And Ange was just like, you know, that had, you know, this happens. This is new things we're trying to work out. Uh, he passed his concussion test, but he's like, I'm not taking any chances. Yeah. Um, it was so refreshing. All you probably. had
1: to do was look at Romero after he scored the goal when yeah. everyone's
0: celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, don't he, he, get he me know, wrong. You didn't, didn't know where he no, was. No, don't
1: get me wrong. The fucking whip Madison put on that free yeah. kick, anybody headers that yeah. ball, they're standing there going, Jesus Christ, that was Jesus. You know, the thing is, it's fact like, because he, he, had he,
0: had yeah. he had that head knock a little earlier. Yeah. And the, basically, the physios had said, keep an eye on him for a minute. Because, of course, concussions can come on a little bit delayed. Yep. Um, so the fact that they were sort of keeping an eye on him, and then you can actually hear him make contact. That header was like a bullet, a fantastic delivery from Madison. Yeah. The only player in the top five leagues in Europe to get more than one assist in game week, one. by the way. He got two, because he's a legend. Yes, he is. And he, you heard it, it was like a thud, and it was like, wow, wow, he connected with that. And then you could see it straight away. All the players were like trying to celebrate with him, and he didn't know where he was. Yeah, he was. He you was could like, see Yay. Basuma straight away turned to the bench and was like, "Nope, nope, yep. no, he's gone." And the fact that Ange took him off, I was so. And this brings it back to a few points. A few people have made on social media accounts that I follow and I respect. It is so refreshing to have someone who is a human being who speaks to people and treats people as humans rather than some absolute automated bite you know, delivering machine. Yeah. Because we have been so used to that for the last few years. It is just so refreshing, again, to have someone who seems to genuinely give a crap. Um, And, you know, not just talking about, the you know, players, the fans, everything. He, he genuinely cares about, you know, this is not just my persona, this is it, this is the reality. Yeah. Um, and it is so refreshing and so kind of alien to us now because we've been so used to these kind of passive-aggressive bullshit soundbites from managers, you know, where it's Jose Conte. Oh God, we all remember Jose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. that, that guy. Um, Do you remember the, in the, the documentary? Jose Mourinho is having a go at the medical staff because yeah. I want Son back quicker. Yeah. Don't yeah, give me he's that got crap. Broken arm. Yeah, sling it up, yeah. put him on the pitch. Don't care. Yeah. Put a cast yeah. in it, put him yeah, on the yeah. pitch. Don't care. And now yeah, we've yeah, got yeah, a manager yeah. who's like, get him off. Oh, I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine. No. Yeah.
0: Get not off. taking any chances at all. I yeah. want you for the next you know, game. Get off the pitch. Yeah. You know, Jose Mourinho fell out with that female physio at Chelsea because she ran on the treat a player, and he was furious about it. Like, no, no, no. It's yeah. yeah. These 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 kind of guys it just kind of got me very very jaded with football as a whole, um, and Ange is certainly fixing that. Yes. But yeah, ju- just overall on the game, then I mean I was the Obviously, we want to win every game. That goes without saying. But taking a point in our first game, there is obviously still work to be done, and Ange keeps trying to drive that point home. Please be patient, yeah. because this is you know I am having to rebuild this entire culture, this team. And also, and it, look, I This is going to come up a lot. Every media thing is going to be talking about it. We did have chances that possibly, and I'm going to say possibly, Kane would have taken, because he is an elite level finisher. Whereas our other forwards are not that. But that being said, last season we weren't creating those chances. He was having to create them for himself. Or yes, completely. We correct. lucky. Yep,
1: completely agree.
0: So, how many times did this Kane season, pick the ball
1: up outside the box? And make something
0: just create, happen, yeah. You know? yeah, with a pass or or a shot, yeah, exactly. Um, I also think the three front players, Kulusevski, Sonny, and Richie, are gonna learn. They need time because I think the three of them are gonna be very fluid. I think you're gonna have uh, you know Kulusevski through the middle, Richie right, Son left, and just swapping all the time. Yeah, because it's Celtic. He's front free. Is, is number nine, if you like, the guy in the middle didn't score as much as the others, but he ran constantly, and Richie is that guy. Yeah, right? I know. You know, you can berate him, you can say his finishing isn't up to Kane level, and I and I agree, but the one thing I don't think anyone can berate him for is his work rate, which is something I had no idea about until we signed him. Yeah, he does. Like work. I saw him, I saw him at Everton every now and again. I just thought oh, he's always on the floor. Yep. You know, does does a neat flick and a trick, maybe scores a good goal every now and again, but most of the time I just saw him rolling around. Yeah. Possibly because Romero snapped him in half. But um, (laughs) speaking of Romero snapping people in half, yeah. In this interesting, that was a Brazil-Argentina thing between those two. Romero then posted a picture of it on Instagram of him sanding over Richie like, hey, you know. Yeah. They then become teammates, right? They're now teammates. There's all this fuss at the moment about Mikel Antonio once again stirring the pot because Rich Alderson, like is just upset about what he said about him last season. And I agree, right? There is there is a certain element of, um, you know, should you get wound up by someone talking crap to you? I personally do not think two active footballers should be doing that yeah. about opponents. I, I think it's oh, happening. The point, fact they've got I, a I podcast just
1: slagging people, I don't understand that at all.
0: No, no, I I, I mean, it, it just, it, like we talked about the talk sport kind of stuff, it just appeals to certain people. Oh, it's all banter, why are you getting wound up about all banter? No, it's not, though, is it? Because Richie was having a tough season. He, he was injured yep. for a lot of it. He went to the World Cup and was phenomenal. And then he was back at Tottenham playing a bit part role behind Harry Kane. Now, he knew that when he signed. He knew when he signed he was going to be playing wide, support role for Kane, And he kept getting injured. He was playing under Antonio Conte, who every time he had a run of games would just hook him for no frigging reason. Like, every time, like I was speaking to Spurs fans. I think even you were like, he was just finding his form. Like, you literally could see he was looking like, oh, hang on, here he is. Oh, no, wait, no, he's gone again. He's back on the bench. This doesn't make sense. And like you said earlier on, you said £60 million flop. You cannot argue with that statement based on season one. The thing that I like about him is the fact he said that himself. He said, for the money paid for me, I have not even begun to repay it. Yeah. The faith this club showed in me, I need to repay it. So he started his pre-season two weeks earlier than everyone else. He worked with the club doctors to make sure his injury had been rehabbed properly and fit through the whole of pre-season. He has worked ridiculously hard to try and hit the ground running this year. Yeah. And... Even though, and we can all look at it and go, oh, maybe Kane would have scored that. I used to watch Kane miss some sitters sometimes. That's and everyone funny. would be like, what the hell? Yeah. It does happen to every forward in the world. But at the moment, unfortunately, Richie's got a monkey on his back because of the poor season last year and the fact that every time he takes a shot, if it do not go in, you he can hear it. You he can hear that, oh, Kane would have scored that. That's going to be a collective side. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I've got, I've got faith that he can do it. And the reason why is because if you listen to him talk, I think he's angry. I think there's a part of him that really wants to take the likes of Mikel Antonio and people like that and rub a fantastic season in their faces. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I hope he he has, has that look.
1: I want him to rub that in my face. You know, I want him to yeah. rub a great season, and me just to be kind of like, ah, oh, okay, fair play to him, yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but the thing to remember is on the range, the guy he has at nine is the runner. He is the guy who's going to set the press for the entire team, and he did that. Against Brentford, their goalkeeper must have been having nightmares of Richie. Every time the ball went to him, Richie was basically running at him. He's a big dude. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for the front three. I I think you could see they were starting to, you know, thing. Uh, But again, something I enjoyed. Um, Sonny was being really ineffective. He got hooked. He's the captain, but Ange wasn't messing about. Ange hooked him, brought on Perisic. Yeah. You know, the f- defender's on top of you today, Sonny. We're going to give someone a go. Can you go off their right and their left? Um, I don't think he's going to be shy about swapping people around. No. And I think the thing that he's building with the squad is we don't have a first 11, we have a squad. And sometimes teams are going to double up. They're going to, the defender's going to have a good day. So your job is to run him into the ground. So when I swap you for fresh legs, that person could come on and beat him. Yep. You know, sometimes you're not going to be able to get the chances, but in that case, your job is to run them into the dirt. And then make them work then so hard on... that when I sw- yeah, yeah, I
1: then bring on Perisic, who only needs half a yard yeah. to be able to whip an
0: incredible yeah, delivery. Yeah, to deliver the ball, And yeah. you've
1: now taken that half a yard because you've knackered out the fullback.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is just going to take time for them to adjust to this. and But when they do... I'm feeling, I'm feeling really positive because you can see the blueprint there, and that's all I ever ask. It's like I know results aren't going to be perfect straight away. I know we're going to lose some games and be annoyed. I know we're going to draw some game. I know we, you know, we're going to win some games and think, bloody hell, that was ten six, <laughs> that was mental. Um, but I, I, as long as we're moving in this direction, I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah, and that's, that's my overall takeaway from the first game. Uh, mate we have um some questions across social media Are you ready for that let's do it now it's time for your comments from our social media ba, 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 ba. okay uh instagram or facebook uh instagram Instagram we have the one it's from pa uh, p.a.smith 1980 when are we going to sign another centre-back and a replacement for Kane? Uh, Okie dokie. Why do I feel like this Kane replacement
1: question is going to be, until the 1st of September, everything anyone yeah. talks about? Um, So, in terms of a replacement for Kane, yes, it would be nice to sign another world-class forward. However, as we've just spent probably half hour or so talking about, Ange wants a fluid front three that move around and can all contribute goals more than just us relying on Harry Kane. Agreed. Would it be nice if we could get someone like I don't know we're linked to Eze from Palace and um uh, this morning I saw we were linked to is it Ansai Fati from Barcelona? He wants <laughs> yeah. he wants to leave and apparently we've been linked to him. As much as I would love... I I
0: read that too. As
1: much as I'd love to sign one of those two, because, yeah, in this formation, this system, they would benefit the club. I don't think a forward right now is a priority.
0: The main reason why I want us to sign the kid from Barcelona Mm -hmm. is Ansu Fati is his name.
1: Ansu, that's it. Uh,
0: I think it's fairly fun... And a good seller for Enoch that we have Tottenham shirts with the word fatty written on the back. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think we'd sell a number of those shirts. Yeah. I, I would have one. You know, this is definitely what we'd need. Um, yeah, I, I'd ignore those links, to be honest with you, because you're talking 75 million and up for one of those players. Yeah. Uh, we're Tottenham under Enoch. We're not spending that.
1: We'll spend 35
0: maybe on someone. Everyone <laughs> everyone listening to this is now screaming at me. Well, we just sold came for £100 million. Yeah, don't mean shite. You know, we're we not going to see £100 and million. Every, player and everyone coming knows for it. it. Yeah. And everybody knows it. So I don't know why people get so wound up. When we sold Gareth Bale, we bought seven players with that money.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the magnificent seven. Yeah,
0: sold Elvis and bought the Beatles. Not quite. No. Um, But here's the thing, right? Have you ever seen the film Moneyball? A long time ago, yeah. Okay, so anyone who has not seen this, I encourage you to find it. It's a film about baseball. Now, that might put a lot of people off, and it put me off for a long time because, to be honest with you, I find baseball boring, annoying. It doesn't make any sense. It's basically glorified rounders, okay? I know for our American listeners, you're now going, what the hell is Rangers? Look it up. And you'll see, it's all it is. So, basically, I watched this film, and the whole part of this film is about how this team changed the way they recruited. So they threw out the same thing that everyone always does when it comes to recruitment, and they worked on a a data-driven recruitment model based on, rather than replacing a player. So let's use it now to the football analogy. Harry Kane... Scored 30 league goals last season. How much do you think a striker would cost who can score you 30 Premier, 30 Premier League goals? Well, I mean, if probably, you're looking... Probably more than what Kane just sold well, for. Well, yeah, remember. I mean,
1: if you're looking at the market value of a lot of players today, apparently 115 million will get you someone who plays defensive midfield with four goals contributions. Like, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the market at the moment is so ridiculous ridiculously inflated
0: well thank you thank you saudi
1: but but let's like, let's yeah, just pluck you're a thing us just say 120 to 150
0: to get anywhere near i agree with you let's call it 150 right the reason why kane sold for the price he did was he had one year left on his contract mm-hmm. if we're trying to sign a younger player to meet that goal tally 150 million quid let's call it that yeah we as a club Cannot spend that. So we cannot replace that player like for like. What we can do is replace the goals in the aggregate. Yep. And what I mean by that is we go, okay, Kane scored 30 last season. Sonny contributed 10, I think, across the season. Yep. Kulusevski very low numbers, like two or three. Richie one. So we now have a system and an attack play with Madison threading the passes can those three score 30 or more goals between them? Yes, they can, for one. They definitely could. They definitely but anyone should. Yeah. Yeah, but anyone we sign is all about getting those goals, but via the aggregate. So we cannot replace Harry Kane. It's impossible. You cannot find another player at that level. But we've signed Madison for forty million quid, which is a bargain.
1: And you'd like to think over—I mean, he's already got two goal assists in the first game. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. You've got to be looking so someone like him has got
0: to be, give you twenty goals between goals and assists in a season. So you want to be signing people who can play with Madison, with Lachelso who is who seems to be in that Madison role, yep. loving life yeah. under Ange. Um, so, you know, those two are going to rotate a bit. You know, who's going to be effective? Sometimes they might play together against weaker opposition to try and really create. And then you've got yep. the players up there. Now, it's impossible. Not everybody has a great game every week. No. So, but you, what you want to do is make signings. So, you've got, like, Richie. Okay, Richie's doing well. Richie, oh, no, he's having an week. Okay, now we need to bring someone on. Now we need to swap him out. We need to play Sonny for the middle. We need to do this, we need to do that. So, you want to create the options there, and that's where I think we are. I think that's our new recruitment model. I think yeah. that's the way we're looking at it. So,
1: in, i said, I'm sure i said, like pre season, he said, you know, I'd rather have a team that scores 100 goals than one
0: player yeah, that scores then, 35. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he, and he's not wrong. No. Um, the other part of that question was around a centre back. At the moment, the only other centre back we heavily scouted and wanted is basically not for sale, and that's Tapso, but by Leverkusen. Yep. There are a couple of English or homegrown qualified players who we've got an interest in, but as the window gets deeper, it's becoming tougher because the teams don't want to sell. Yeah. So yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes to next summer now. end up. With... We'll have to. <laughs> we're we're so going to end up with like Harry Maguire. <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, apparently, Ange was just like, no, no chance. Yeah, He's got the turning circle of one oil tanker. He will not work in a high line. I tell
1: up. you, I want, um, is it Konsa from Aston Villa? Yeah. I, I want him. Not going to happen because, again, homegrown defender, expensive as anything, yeah. but I think he'd be brilliant.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so the next thing from Instagram, uh, we had a message from... Uh, Chris Chris says, hello, number one fan from Down Under here. Oh, my God. Uh, Absolutely awesome to have you pe- peppering my ear holes on way to work. It's been lonely without listening to the poddy. <laughs> poddy. Such an Aussie way of doing <laughs> poddy. Pod out. <laughs> um, out. Just one. want to quickly say thank you for the ashes again. Oh, what? what? Why do you need to bring that up? Um the Women's World Cup's happening at the moment, Stefan. I believe the semi final was recently where England played Australia. Oh yeah. Do you know the score of that game? Uh three one, I believe. Yeah. Oh oh no, we lost three one to Australia, the host nation in front of all of their home fans. No,
1: no, they had a stadium with like sixty thousand fans in tears.
0: Ah, ah Oh, oh. So we won. Yeah we did. England England beat Oh, I see. Interesting. Oh, sorry, Chris. Forgot you were there. Um, (laughs) I know I'll get shut down for being an optimistic Spurs fan, but I just want to know how you'll both be celebrating the domestic treble at the end of the season. Um, Right, Chris, I'll I'll make you a deal. If Tottenham win the domestic treble this season, I will get your name tattooed on my body in an area of your choice. That's not me being pessimistic. That's just me thinking that the odds of that are pretty slim. Um, And also... I am now tempting the fates. I am putting that out there because somewhere there is a mischievous god thinking, "Oh, maybe I will make Tottenham win it." Also, this guy has to get a tattoo, and then you can all thank me for it. Got
1: it. I like it. And I
0: will happily get it. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, don't don't apologise for being optimistic either. Um, and just got us playing good football. Look, we we might not go this season and demolish all comers and win trophies, but we're all gonna enjoy it more. Yeah. And I think after the dire crap we've had, we all just kinda of need to feel that a little bit. And I it. think
1: there's a reason he's been given a four year contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a it's not um quick thing. No. This isn't uh this isn't an easy fix. Okay, so over to Facebook. Uh Sean Palmetto from Canada, eh? Um he actually wrote that this week as well. So
1: <laughs> we're allowed to say them again this week. Okay.
0: Yeah, from Canada eh? Uh, Alright, let's go. New manager, new captain, some new additions. I love the attacking style of play, but can you please shed some light on Sonny and Kulu with regards to their ineffectiveness in that game? I know we are only one match in, but how can we get these two firing on all cylinders? Will our new midfield be enough? I kind of feel like we've covered that a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah, just adapting. So, um...
1: adaptation and time
0: adaptation and time, this man knows his stuff, that was good words, well done mate Ryan Miller um, used to be a big friend of the show, now I don't like him very much, um, he says <laughs> overall I was pleasantly surprised by our performance, Madison Udogi and Basuma, uh, by the way it's Udogi, I keep doing Udogi Madison, Udogi and Basuma looked phenomenal what player over the course of the season do you think will emerge as a key player for us Van is my pick. I think he'll become crucial. Really impressed of his debut. Okay, so, so pick one that you think at the end of the season would be your... At the moment, you think would be the player of the year. Oh, I think
1: it's going to... The obvious answer is Madison. I really think Madison is going to be next level.
0: Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, if I
1: was to choose a wild card, I would say Bissouma or La Celso.
0: Wow, okay.
1: I, I really... I don't, I'm going to die on this hill. I think this formation and these tactics, we are going to see a new Lo Okay,
0: Okay. Um, Basuma's probably my pick. Uh, James Campbell says, Sonny had a pretty quiet game overall. Almost all his touches came when the team was set up around Brentford's box, trying to find a way to penetrate. But he often had two defenders on him and was forced to pass back each time. You're, yeah, you're right. His strength has always seemed to be when he can pick up the ball and run and attack defenders at speed. Ergo... Do you think that a possession-based, less counter-attacking system is going to work out for him? Um, Yes, I think it will. Uh, The reason being is I think we need to create space for him. Um, Typically, he managed to get space. I mean, you're right about the counter-attacking side of it. But he would get space by defenders being terrified about Kane. So Kane would take up a position. Defenders would spot him and move towards him. And then Sonny would move into that space. And he needs one or two yards and he's currently in the bottom corner. Now, Sonny's confidence got knocked last season with that injury. And from word within the club, although the injury is healed, surgery went really well, he still has that little bit of almost PTSD about the pain. So when he does certain movements, which he always did just on reflex, he's now overthinking it. Like, oh, no, don't do that because that might happen. Yep. he's He's got to get back to... And it's going to be a time thing. I mean, you know, the worst thing that could happen is a re injury, obviously, because then his confidence goes again. Just look at Brian Sessignon and his hamstring. Yeah. That kept happening. The guy's now had surgery, and hopefully it's fixed touch I
1: point. think we've said on this podcast quite a few times Son is a confidence player. When time, that yeah. season that he got a golden boot, he would have yeah. taken on any defender in the world in their prime, yeah.
0: Yeah. and he would have backed himself to skin him and put yeah. it in the bottom corner. Absolutely, and he was on a regular basis. And um, I think once the front three get this fluid, swapping, interchanging pressing, that will create space for him. I think at the moment, again, with the greatest respect, Kulisevsky and Ritchie are not Kane in terms of defenders terrified. If Ritchie gets a few goals, Kulisevski gets a few goals cutting in, all of a sudden, defenders are going to be terrified. And and this is what he's trying to build towards. The three of them are getting on the end of passes, being threaded through. You saw in that game, there was a brilliant pass from Madison that Richie nearly got onto, very nearly. These things will come. They're going to become more in tune with each other. Defenders are going to have to worry. Madison's on the ball. I've got three people running. Who do I go to? And that's, that's kind of what you want to get to. And I think that will create the space... And then Sonny, when he picks up the ball, hopefully, that, that'll enable him to do more. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that's obviously just my fault. Um, Peter Robinson says, Isn't it sad that there were only two English, uh, British and Irish players in the starting eleven against Bradford, when during the Pochettino era there were usually 4-5 to five England international starting? How does losing Kane affect the club's homegrown player quota, considering all the new signings by Madison are foreign? Ah. Uh, oh, my pet peeve. Yep. Um, it's not helpful. It's the one way I put in it. Yeah, no, no, it's it's not helpful for for two reasons. One, uh, in domestic competition, homegrown rules apply. In European competition, obviously not a problem this year, but will be next. You need to have club trained players. Um, it it is annoying. But it's what it is. It's the reason why Alfie Whiteman and Brandon Austin are still earning a living at the club. Sorry, guys. I know that's cruel, but you both know that. Um, they are both homegrown, both club-trained. Mm-hmm. They're third and fourth-choice goalkeepers. By naming them both in the first-team squad, you open up more foreign-player slots. Yeah. Um, Fraser Forster, again. He knew when he got signed this is the reason. So... Um, it does have an impact. Uh, obviously, the club are trying to address that. If you work on the theory that Winks it was on loan, so kind of already gone last season, yep. Kane leaving, Madison coming in, kind of replaces the homegrown quota, you know, like for like, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The club do need to try and address that, but as we've discussed, because of the homegrown situation, there is a premium. One of the players they looked at and were very, very interested, was bringing back Marcus Edwards. Mm -hmm. The reason why they looked at it is because not only would he come back and fill a slot of the club with one of these wide positions that Ange likes in an attacking role, can drop into 10, play wide, play through the middle, he would also be classed as club trained going into Europe next season. Mm. Uh, The player left under a bit of a cloud and there just appears to be no desire to to return, which which is fair enough. Um, But he would have been suitably cheaper than Etsy, for example, at Crystal Palace, who Crystal Palace won't even pick up the phone unless the offer is seventy five million plus Adam. Yeah. Wow. He's a good player. He's a
1: good player, but is he he's not a seventy five million pound player?
0: He's a he's a very good player who we should have signed when Palace did, but we didn't. Yeah. And this is an ongoing thing about our recruitment and an issue because you look at Alex Scott who's just joined Bournemouth, this is a kid who's a Tottenham fan. Yeah had a phenomenal season in the Championship, arguably the best midfielder in the Championship, attacking midfielder, and now he's at Bournemouth, and I think he will have a very good season in the Premier League once he's settled. Oh, definitely. And then his price is triple. His price is quadruple. So the the club really need to look at that, really need to address it. Um, When it comes to sadness around the level of players, a little bit, um, I do get that. But the one thing I'd say is Pochettino... Develop those players into internationals. A lot of people forget that when Pochettino arrived, with Harry Kane was in the youth team, no one had heard of him. Ryan Mason, Adros, Townsend were just lone players who then came back in. And Walker and Rose, largely our fan base, hated them. They thought they were crap. Yeah. They got well coached. They played in a system that, that you know, extenuated their positives and hid their negatives. And all of a sudden, Tottenham had four or five England internationals. Yeah. As much as I want to, you know, credit the Chelsea bastard with that, it was down to him. So Ange coming in, there's a lot of very good young English players in our academy setup. Alfie Devine, Harvey White, there are good players there that potentially Ange could look at, get into his system, and develop. I, I think central defender Dorrington is another yep. one who I rate really highly. Uh,
1: Casanova, um, the right back.
0: He seems to be. Nah, he's shite. Nah, absolute crap. Oh, really? He's just got. Yeah, he's just got a great name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nah, he's a good player, but just, just for just a, a split a second there, I was like, oh. <laughs> he's got my. He's got my favorite name in the academy, Dante Casanova. Right? If if you, if you if you if you introduce yourself to a woman on a night out, you're like, oh, what's your name? Oh, Dante Casanova, and she doesn't just look at you like, really. <laughs> Yeah, here's really? my ID. That should,
1: should honestly,
0: yeah.
1: No, see, I think yeah, looking at uh... the plans coming through, I think I, I would like to see Alfie given some time this season. If not, he desperately needs to be in the Championship on loan, getting match time.
0: Dividing. Yeah.
1: And Harvey White. Now, me and you are both massive fans of Harvey White. He's yep. dead ball specialist. Yeah. Didn't have a great season last season with Derby. No, and no. I'm a little bit like this season needs to kind of be make but He's 22 now.
0: The- Harry Kane came through at 22, yeah. Mason at 23, Townsend at 24. So um,
1: this kind of um, this season, he either needs to be with us in the start in like not the start of eleven, but in the first team squad, or he needs. He's to- only got a,
0: he's only got a year left on his contract. Yeah. So yeah, it is literally this season. This season needs to, to go out to- on loan. He'll need to sign an extension. If he does, he'll just spend the season in the under 21s. Then leave. yeah. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Um, Pete Thompson says, great to have you guys back and glad you're all back to good health. Uh, (laughs) I've got a cold, but (laughs) overall, I'm alright. Looking at our preseason and how the first game of the season went to this year. Oh, hang on. I I, I went cross-eyed. Looking at our preseason and how the first game of the season went this season, going to be another hope that kills season (laughs) like so many before, or do you think we genuinely have a good chance at a trophy? Oh, Pete, you, you used the word season so much that threw me right you off. You know, you um, say a
1: word so many times, you start thinking, is that how it's meant to sound? Is that actually yeah. a word?
0: Season, season, season. Season. Um, yeah. Oh, pre season, season. Um, oh, see, I, I genuinely I
1: believe Ange is going to be wanting desperately to win something. Because that's what he does. So I reckon, like this year, yeah. we are going to take even the Carabao Cup. We are going to take that serious.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, Look, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm so. People think I say this because I'm a Spurs fan, but I, I genuinely mean this. I want my team to win every game of football they ever play. Yeah. I want them to win every trophy they're in. Of course, I do. That's that goes without saying. I do not define my happiness as a fan by lifting trophies. I know that sounds uh, like a loser mentality or whatever people want to say. All right, fine, whatever. But I support my club for so many reasons. And the last few years, they've kind of pushed me to the edge because all the reasons I love Tottenham were kind of being destroyed by these idiots. The football was crap. The personality, the press conferences, the... The voice of the club from the manager was just someone I couldn't relate to. Even though I was doing everything I could to be like, Oh, this guy's world class, you know, why you know, why is this happening? And yeah. someone that said to me, it was like basically we were being gaslit by managers consecutively of like, I'm here to do you a favour, I am Bertie Big Bollocks, you are a bunch of shits. Yeah. You're so lucky I'm here. And it's like do you know what? No we're i think we're the fifth most successful club in english club history or fifth or sixth we've got a phenomenal history as a football club we're a massive global brand yeah um we are one of the great clubs of english football no you're not doing us a favor uh, yeah we don't lift trophies every season but we don't spend the money to you know and yep. the media come after us because we dare challenge the status quo um you know, we, we dare have a team that played good football and, and and pushed the top four and got into the top four and then started to push for the league and started to push for trophies. We got to the Champions League final. All of it whilst kind of doing it our way and everybody hated us for it. You only got to look at the press coverage we get. Like, if we get knocked out of a cup, the headlines are all Tottenham lose another chance to win a trophy. Still not won a trophy. <laughs> Derby County get knocked out. I don't see a headline saying that. No, I don't see another team anywhere in the league get a headline like that. I don't see trophy laden clubs get headlines like that. Man City get knocked out of the League Cup. Is all oh, that was that was a shock anyway. Yep, it isn't. Oh, Man City aren't going to win that trophy. Ooh, it's just it's become it's become an ingrained joke in society at Tottenham's expense, and I don't understand it. Like there's no logical reason why. We should get that shit when nobody else does. But it's it's a thing. There is an agenda. I hate happens. to say it, but there is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um Tom Perks says If you could buy anyone in the championship, who would it be and how much do you think they would cost? I would have signed Alex Scott. It would have been about twenty million quid. Um and I'm gutted we didn't. Uh I, I can't think of anyone else. I think James Ward Price possibly, but he's now West Ham that hurts no yeah no there's no one else what about you anyone from the championship um, no one maybe that's a good question to look at at Christmas because
1: yeah there's Seattle, there's no know, one there's right it. now that kind of jumps out at a championship team that I'm like oh yeah him you know
0: yeah uh, final question comes from Jason Stacey he says great to have you back and hope all is good with you Sam uh, other than the cold I am recovering thank you very much My question is, do you trust Levy to, one, spend the Harry Kane money, (laughs) and two, spend it wisely? Um... Uh, Three, do you think we missed out on Rhea because of Levy as that deal has taken him to the scum down the road is a pretty good deal for a goalkeeper? Um, Yeah, so why couldn't we have got him in Vicario as well? Um, Let me take that one, first of all. Uh, We, as a fan base, are very, very quick to jump on our club for dilly-dallying in the transfer window. And I think the new model we've adopted, I'm far happier with. So we went to them for David Rea, and they said he's 40 million quid. We said we won't go above 30. Um, He's got a year left on his deal. We want him. He wants us. um, But this is the maximum we're going to do. This is it. And they said no. So we then moved on to our number two choice. Our number two choice was being lined up by Inter Milan, Juventus, and Barcelona. Vicario was their was their goalkeeping target, and as soon as we got the no from Rea, who was our number one choice because he is classed as homegrown in England yes. despite his nationality, we immediately went and did the deal for Vicario and got it done because we knew the fee that it was needed, and we knew that we could just do it straight away. So we tried for Raya. we made the effort, we made our best offer, because having a homegrown keeper, obviously, would have made four homegrown creepers in the squad very helpful for our squad. But no, we weren't going to spend $40 million on no. it. Later in the window, when Arsenal have gone and signed him, they were obviously willing to take less money, because it was later in the window. If we had waited to do the same deal Arsenal have just done, we'd have been starting the season with Brandon Austin in goal. Because Lloris is leaving and Fraser Forster picked up an injury. Yep. And the fans would have been going mental about it. Had we not planned to buy someone else? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just spend the money, people cry. Just spend the money. Well, no, that's nonsense. Yeah. we are We are doing a far better recruitment model now. Do I trust Levy to spend money? Never. <laughs> not I, hope you know. no. I wouldn't trust him to no. buy me a car. No. no. No, no. I trust him to buy me something, definitely, because I think he'd get the best deal going. <laughs> it might take six months, but he'll get me a bloody good deal. Um, <clears throat> do I trust him to spend the money? No, um, and that's just through experience. Uh, 20-some years, of course not, absolutely no. Um, do I think we'll spend it wisely what we do spend? I do. Currently, and I could get end up being destroyed for this, but our recruitment model has improved. A lot of people slammed Paratici for the recruitment he was doing. Look at how Sar's playing now. Look at how Udogi plays. Yeah. Look at the players he signed for us. Oh yeah, there there isn't a miss. core coming back into this team. Kulisevsky might be out of form at the minute. The kid's still only twenty three years old. Yep. There is a massive, massive upside to every signing he's made for us. Um, and then he's obviously moved on, and we've signed Madison. A lot of people say, well, that was an obvious one, okay? If we ignore that. Vicario. Vicario is one of the highest-rated goalkeepers across the world. Every statistic that matters, he was high up in it for, for the way Ange plays. Um, people have in their opinions, whatever. Van de Ven, phenomenal player for our system. Mm-hmm. Um, his height for defending set pieces is a massive bonus. Add to his pace for recovery in a high line. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. We are not done recruiting. Um, the the clear message is the club had a kind of hope that maybe Kane would want to stay, but with a reluctance that he was going to leave. Yeah, made a plan on the basis that he was going. And once he was gone, they knew they would still have a couple of areas left to tweak. Yeah. If they'd been able to make the sign-ins earlier, they would have, because obviously it would have meant people didn't know we had the money burning a hole in our pocket. Yep. But yeah, that's that's not the way. That's not the way it's gone. So um, yeah, there we go. That's all the questions. Thank you very much, everybody. That was that was enjoyable. I think so. Um, the only the only thing left to say is. Our next game is Manchester United, our first home game of the season. Big game, yeah. Massive game. Um, I am appalled at Manchester United at the moment for reasons I'm not going to go into this week. Yeah. But I very much want us to beat them. Um, Angie's first home game. Obviously, I want the atmosphere inside the stadium to be phenomenal. and I think, I it think so, be. yeah. Um, but also outside the stadium. Uh, 3.45 to 4.45, there is a planned protest against Ticket Price Rises. Everybody go into the game. If you're listening to this and you are going, I implore you, please, please go and show your support to the Trust. Uh, They have badges as well, and I want you to get one and then send it to me. Because I want one, and she said I'm not allowed one because I'm not going. <laughs> She's She was mean to me, Stefan. She was mean, but... I want a badge. So if you're going and you're a fan of this podcast, you can get a cameo role in a show coming forward. If you go and you say to Anthula, who we will be having a megaphone by the way, and get a badge for me and, say, and tell her it's for me and see what she says. She'll probably take it off. You actually don't tell her it's for me. Just get me a badge. So if you're um, part of
1: the pier, start the protest chance with a badge for Sam. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just say, yeah, yeah. Just go there. You know, ticket price rises are bad. Get a badge for Sam. Uh, yeah, get me a badge. Yep. That's, that's all I'm asking. But no, please, all joking aside, go and show your support. Just stand in there with them for a while. It'll it mean the world to them who are really out on a limb here because it's literally David Dave and Goliath thing. that Tottenham is a massive, massive corporation and we as fans need to show them they can't just keep doing stuff like this. Yep um okay so there we go uh that is our show thank you so much for listening everybody apologies for my cold again please increase your antivirus on your phone and devices so you don't catch it from me until next week stefan hopefully you're going to be joining me next week hopefully maybe Should be,
1: maybe we'll see
0: we'll see <clears throat> uh until then everybody you all take care Bye bye thank you for listening to the spurs news podcast We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.